0: to be someone I want. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Try and Stop Me podcast. If you're new here, my name is Colleen. Today's guest is a special, special dear friend of mine. Greta Zitz is on the line with us today. Greta, hi. So we have Greta here. She and I have been friends for a really, really long time. Um, We actually started in the career, was it seven years ago? When I first moved to New York City, she was just like this, this boss- woman in this tiny cubicle in like the tiny corner office of a subsidized job that I was doing and she was just killing it and her and I clicked because this industry in the financial services industry I was splitting up my time between Combs and another firm for that supplemental income and you know they were telling us that we need to make a 100 calls per day and like sit in this bullpen session and all we (laughs) Grant Grant and I became friends because we were like hell no like we we are just not those people. I will never be that salesperson in my life to make those cold calls. And we are just going to hit the ground running doing networking. So ever since then, it's been a match made in heaven. Greta and I have stayed in contact throughout all of our different career kind of moves and shifts and shakes and whatever we do. But Greta's is a super successful financial planner. Um, she is with National Financial Network. But I will let her tell you a little bit about her background.
1: The walk and talk. Yeah. So walk and talk, fill in your call sheets. Oh, Colleen, if I didn't have you in those days, what would I have done? I mean, if I didn't have you to turn to and now where we've gone with both of our practices, it's just so unbelievable. And I got, I got, to, I got to toot your horn about your whole other side of what you do. Your level of customer service and connection with clients is just unparalleled. So it's no, mm. no like surprise Ditto, that you're girl. good at this also but you've made me look good multiple times um, to the point where I think clients would rather talk to you than me. Uh, And also, you know, (laughs) just the wonderful tone of your voice. Listen, I've had many, many clients, I won't ever say who, come back to me and be like, what's her deal? (laughs) I'm like, her deal is she doesn't want to talk. She doesn't want to date you, but that is. Deal she will is handle your off. health insurance. <laughs> yeah. Yes, lots of them. Lots. Like, probably more than than, you know. Um, um, they've always made me look good. Yeah. Uh, and those days, wow. I mean, it wasn't that long ago, seven, eight years ago, but I think there's a Seinfeld episode of, of, a, of him getting a telemarketer call and like he turns it. I don't know. Google it, guys on youtube he turns it around and it's like everyone claps of course but he like turns it around on the telemarketer and like starts asking the telemarketer what he's doing so i think that's what you and i did where people were logging oh we made 300 calls you and i would be like well we called two people one of them hung up and said some expletives and the other one is you know uh, a clown on a unicycle don't think we can have them purchase insurance but we made a new friend (laughs) <laughs> so we really were disrupting the industry even back then, um, and now here we are talking to each other in this format called a podcast. Podcast. And oh, man, it is so great to be here. And i've I've had this journey that I've been on in, in financial services. Where uh, a few examples. So I've attended conferences to you know celebrate my level of achie- achievement in. Specifically around something uh, called life insurance sales or long-term care insurance sales, and I've walked into these conferences to shake the hand of the vice president of the company with my partner. I don't say husband; I say partner for many different reasons. And they would bypass me, thinking I was the executive assistant, and shake my my partner's hand, Justin, mm-hmm. and he would say. You should shake my hand because I put up with her at home. <laughs> but, um, and, and we would sit at these round tables. This was a recent conference before COVID. The VP of the firm that I give the production to, you know, was not even aligning with me at the breakfast table and talking about new products and features that were out, only looking at my husband. And my, my husband let him ramble and he finally just stopped and said, she's the one we're here to celebrate. Mm-hmm. I support her. I work for her and the guy turned beet red and like picked up his his coffee and fruit loops and walked away and i was like Yeah. If you guys haven't noticed, we are
0: really going to be diving into women in business. That's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking and focusing on the women in business and kind of the challenges (laughs) Greta and I have faced throughout the years that we have grown over the eight years of knowing each other and kind of gotten to the level we're at. Hopefully give you guys some pointers and tips of not taking any shit and kind of Giving the spotlight back on you when it's well deserved that you're the one that's out there hustling, not your husband that you're bringing to the damn Christmas party for them to shake hands with them, thinking that they're the ones that matter. We're also going to dive deep into fertility. There's going to be a lot of different avenues that we go down to today. But Greta, I'll let you get back to it because Greta's story is just incredible of what she's talking about here. But yeah, I just can't even like when they shook <laughs> <laughs> Justin's hand, then that has to be the most mortifying thing, I think on the men's side too, because they're starting to realize that women are coming in. And in the industries that we're in, you know, if you're an entrepreneur and you're running around and you're making your own business, a lot of the times you might not see this because there's a lot of female entrepreneurs that everybody is so super supportive of each other now, which is amazing, right? It's an incredible thing. But when you're in the day-to-day of corporate corporate world, corporate world is still so old school. I don't know what is up with them, but they still think the man is the one you give respect to. If they think that you're a young, pretty attractive girl coming in or young, any type of female, doesn't matter how old Mm -hmm. you are, what you look like. When you walk in there, they're not shaking your hand the way that they would shake a man's hand in a suit. So we're going to focus in on that. Greta, what did you do when uh, that guy told you? Or was talking to Justin versus you?
1: <laughs> I let it play out. Like, I kind of like things to play out, though, though recently I've had a, an instance where on a team call, a gentleman insulted me and said, well, what do female business owners talk about if they don't talk about golf and scotch? I was like, first of all, we can talk about golf and scotch if we want to. And he's like, well, what do you guys talk about shopping? And I was like, and what if we do? And I, I exited the meeting, just really, just really quietly. I just said, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna leave the meeting. And I created this wave where everyone was like apologizing to me. But it was, it, I wasn't trying to get attention. I was just like, not here to waste my time at the study group. But what you said, I wanna read something. Cause this, when I woke up at four in the morning with my insomnia, besides listening to your podcast, um, here's what calms me down, these statistics and like where we go for the fire. This is what lights my fire. Harvard Business Review article. Happy to send it to you so you can send it out. But it's talking about specifically uh, just the executive women and what we're up against. And it also gave me hope. So in France, women earn eighty-one percent of the male wage. Sweden, eighty-four percent. Australia, where to go? Eighty-eight. First slide. <laughs> U.S. It's down in the seventies. It's ridiculous. That's absurd. Even in, it's absurd. And then, yes, there's discrimination. We have to fight that. A larger part of it, these recent studies from the Harvard Business Review have said that increasingly a large part of this wage gap is due to the fact that we bear the children as the women physically, and then we rear the children. And it interrupts, Ours, not the man's. I'm gonna come back to that point, remind me, career, permanently depressing our earning power. End quote. So to have a baby, well, it's gonna
0: stop you from where your potential of earnings is gonna go to.
1: Yeah. It starts to, if you're if you're a salary W-2 employee executive, it's gonna those non-earning years that you took took away from earning or maybe step step back in your career a little bit then takes away from future Social Security numbers, takes away from you contributing to your retirement, might even have you underinsure yourself. I mean, it's just crazy what we do. And yet there are shining lights of hope. Um, I think IBM might do this, so I'm not totally sure, but I've read in this article that IBM grant will grant women or men up to three years' leave of absence to start their families, rear their families, get started, and then like save that job. Like it won't hold that, that person back from the next step of life. But it's so interesting in this article, there's a lot more in there about when women do step into rearing children, that they're not having that conversation often with their partner, if it is a regular cis relationship of man-woman, of saying, hey, step up to 50%. 50% of the chores, 50% of the feeding the child. So my story is that right when I started this career with you and our dialing for dollars, <laughs> um, I was also starting fertility treatments. And I want to get real open and share anything about that. Like I'm an open book to the degree where I would love to start some sort of uh, business around sharing that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I was starting, you know, injection. So I was injecting myself I did the number somewhere I think it's uh have you ever seen a sharps container you, have you ever known like a diabetic or someone that oh, yeah, yeah. needles every day mm-hmm. so a sharps container can be many sizes when you go to the doctor the sharps container is like as big as a garbage can but a, a personal home use sharps container is about the size of like a like a mini garbage can like that you'd keep in your oh, office like a water bottle
0: like an eight ounce water. Yeah, bottle. Like
1: a, yeah yeah like and it's thick it's like rounder um mm-hmm. Nice and thick, like not right. as big as a gallon, but I have filled 31 of those with needles. I have stuck myself tens of thousands of times, stomach, butt, you name it. I have permanent scarring from going through the fertility journey. I've gone through, I think something like 17 tubes of uh, bruise cream, Arnica, I swear by that, <laughs> root cream, to get rid of that, all while growing this practice. And, and trying to keep up with, I'm sorry, the Larry juniors that were making 30% more and getting preferential treatment and getting their handshake, you know, from the firm. And it was really hard. Like I didn't feel shame around it ever, but it was weird. Like if I had to cancel a meeting because I was so distended from the treatments or a side note, one of the side effects of those medications is suicidal thoughts. Mm -hmm. That's great. So as you're going through this journey, your mental health is shot. Um, But if I wanted to cancel a meeting, I just always felt like in the beginning when I started this journey, I couldn't step into like really owning it. And now I'm just an open book about that. So how to bring it all together in our call and, and on this podcast was like, I really want women, men, and everyone in between, however they identify to feel more open and sharing. If you're going through this journey, if you know someone starting this journey, if someone is, you know, one time in a meeting, a gentleman said to me, well, if you want kids so bad, just have one. I was like, Mm. that's where I was like, let me take my earrings out. And I schooled him because at that point we were about 200 grand into the journey out of pocket. And I was like, just try and have one. I mean, who says that to someone? So. I'm really careful now as I work with clients and even talk to friends about just not giving my opinion, giving my story and letting them share. And I want to read you a quote I just saw that I snapshotted for our call that kind of ties in fertility. I think when setting out on a journey, do not seek advice from those that have never left home.
0: That's powerful. It's true. There's so many people that are are in the journey of infertility or the fertility treatments or whatever they're doing and they're trying to walk the tightrope of having to bring it up with corporate world. When you're in a small business, it's more of a family knit. You can have that conversation. But when you're in the corporate world and when you are – I mean, I watched you. I watched you go through it. You were up and down in in moods. You were all over the place. Your weight, you said, was going up and down. Everything that you were dealing with. And then you just don't feel good. You're sticking yourself. Imagine sticking yourself every single morning or how many times per day you have to do it. And then walking into an an atmosphere of a male-dominated industry of them saying, well, I don't understand why you just don't have one. Meanwhile, how much debt are you in trying to conceive a baby, a miracle, going through the emotions and having to keep the pearly white smile on and not punch them square in the face? Because that's what I really want to do a lot of the times is a lot of those folks, you're just like, "Mm." I don't know if you woke up on the wrong side of the bed or if you just woke up on the wrong side of being born because you just seem like like an illiterate person to even – have that conversation or think that that is an appropriate thing to say there was one time somebody said to me um (laughs) in that industry you know who it is that i looked a lot like their last ex-wife and that if that i wanted to go to dinner that week, go. I was like, "What? Where does this business turn into just you feeling the the need to tell me that I look like your ex wife and that you're going to wherever <laughs> you're going and I should come along?" the the audacity of some of these people. But it's teaching. That's what I wanted you to come on is to really teach us how are you how the hell did you combat it and not go home crying every night or getting fired by punching them in the face. You really got to swallow it. And unfortunately, as much as we want to change times and everybody's saying things are changing and they're different, some industries, it's really hard to make that wave of shift when it's really the male dominated. They're not used to having the females coming in and breaking Mm -hmm. the barriers. Greta's breaking the barriers. So a lot of them have to shut the F up now. Um, But it's hard. It's hard. So I want you to teach everybody because who knows? I don't have kids yet. I'm 31, going to be 32. We were talking before the call. There's a there was a cap. I always say by thirty-five. If I don't have kids yet, yeah. I will be doing it on my own, or I will be, you know, whatever the case is. But Greta just told me something. Actually, what were you saying? Thirty-five. We just got another few more years.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, I'll go back. I'll go back to something that I've always thought, uh, and then I, now I'll verify it with the with the numbers. In that, you know, this is this is a true stat. Prior to 1960, I know that was a while ago. If you're talking about wage gap, I mean, major wage gap back then. But prior to 1960, I want you to guess, what was the average age at which women had children?
0: Prior to 1960. They had to be 19, 17 to 19 years old, right? There you go. There you go. Yeah.
1: Maybe 20, maybe 20. So now... We ha- we've come far in the sense of so many things, but the, just the evolution of our bodies, we are sort of biologically programmed, uh, you know, this is a joke, but not a joke, to have had 10 children by now, to be a grandmother by now. Mm-hmm. Like, biologically, we haven't come that far, and also science hasn't caught up, because not enough work has been really done. You can't really study a pregnant woman and poke and prod her with certain things, so, or someone dealing with that, that just hasn't been enough attention in that arena. But the good news, this is a recent study just released in April of this year, that that 35 number that we've sort of been drilled into, by the way, also I'm 43. And when you have a child past 35, you're labeled geriatric. Ready? <laughs> <Yeah>. Geriatric. <laughs> Ew.
0: yeah, I got my baby with my There's cane. another one right in the room. <laughs>
1: I can do 50 burpees. I don't feel so geriatric a year later, okay? I did have a child, by the way, after all that, um, after seven years and hundreds of thousands of dollars. But the cliff, we call it the fertility cliff. There's been drilled down into a 35, 35, 35. You even said it. I didn't even know that. Like, I know it. Yeah. Now, 30, now 37.1. So you got two more years and one month things, baby. Yeah. to take it. Um, but let's talk about exciting stuff. Naomi Campbell, Janet Jackson, had their first children at 50. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I don't know if they froze their eggs. I don't know if they used donor eggs. I know that they birthed the children because they're physically pregnant and there's pictures of that. But that's one of the dirty little secrets of women above 40. And that is eventually how we were able to conceive. We used the eggs of a healthy 30 year old female and my husband's sperm. And so many people have asked, well, at what point do you have sex during that? I was like, no, no, it's a, <laughs> it's, 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 it's the files are in the it's computer. Mixed you know up, what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and the, he's not having sex with the, di- okay. So That's a point right there. Do we really understand female anatomy, female bodies? I've had normal periods my whole life. I do only have one ovary. So that was sort of my fertility challenge was a number game. I'll give you A, B, or C. The average female is born with about 2 million eggs and you don't produce more. 10,000 eggs, 10 million eggs. 2 million, 10,000, 10 million. B, it's actually a really you're born with about 2 million eggs however by the time you're 20 they think that number that inventory number is like a couple hundred thousand if that and so every period you're lessening your your bank of eggs there's no more eggs after a while Mm -hmm. also your egg quality they think 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 deteriorates after that 35, now 37.1. Do they have any proof of that? No. And in the fertility journey, a lot of women have asked me recently, I want to hear from you, Greta. Should I freeze my eggs? Should I freeze my eggs? What does it cost? Should I freeze my eggs? What does it cost? I'm happy to talk about that all day long. I did not freeze my eggs. I had issues where I lost one ovary in my 20s due to endometriosis. And I remember my doctor looking at me She's very blunt. She's an awesome doctor. She's like, You'll deal with it in your 40s. You're gonna be successful. You'll find a kid. You'll buy a kid. You'll have a kid. And I was like, Whoa, very blunt. But I love her for that. Uh and it is what happened. So she predicted my future, Is that's what I did. Um, but you know, being even open to what that means to use donor eggs, and it took me seven years of sticking myself trying to harvest my own. So imagine I only have one ovary, so I've got less of the inventory, but I never thought I'd have fertility issues because I had normal periods. And I had no idea that there was not necessarily a correlation between normal menstruation and infertility. Um, I also, you know, didn't meet my husband until he'll, he'll have to tell you the age. It was right around when I met you. It was when we met. Yeah. Like, yeah mid, mid to late like, was like 35 36 whatever so you're sort of taught like your your gynecologist will say you know if you're not pregnant within a year and that's what you want start this fertility journey I so wish I had taken more time as opposed to just to ching to ching to ching cycles of IVF at expensive New York City clinics that just kept taking my money and taught me nothing mm-hmm. it wasn't until I got really honest I was sharing with a client she was purchasing life insurance from me. And I was sharing with her my struggle. And she's like, I want you to stop doing what you're doing and go to acupuncture. What? Acupuncture. (laughs) More needles. (sighs) But that acupuncturist was unbelievable. She's uh, in New York city. If anyone wants her information, I'm happy to share that. Changed my life. She really got me on a journey of eating differently. I walked into her office with like a cold green juice and an iced coffee. And she was like, (laughs) <laughs> we have so much to work on. Uh, do, do you eat meat? Do you eat lamb? Do you eat like non-organic, fresh, this, this, and this? Do you eat whole dairy? Like she she schooled me and I was like, I'm drinking my green juice and my coffee.
0: <laughs>
1: so we went on a a really intense three-year journey where my husband would get treatments each week. I would get treatments each week. Yes, our health insurance covered a huge bulk of that. There was a lot of out-of-pocket costs as well. But those treatments got us to, so it was me sharing with a client, got me to the acupuncturist. Acupuncturist opened my eyes to the success that same-sex couples and women, geriatric like me, were having with a very specific doctor who really promotes using donor eggs. And when I got connected to that being okay for me, Mm -hmm. first try with a donor egg pregnant, just had our child, she'll be a year old at the end of the month. Most beautiful little baby ever. Well, I have to back you up a little bit. So we had that that designer baby, honey. Yeah. Well, okay. So
0: you were going to all these infertility doctors and hundreds of them in New York City. And when I say, I mean we do health insurance for a living. So you know the pricey penny that goes down for those doctors. And like Greta's saying, like a lot of them are just money grabs. It's terrible because they're not actually I'm a firm believer. Now i stopped eating meat, right? Like it's just like what I'm putting into my body. Now that I'm getting older, I want to be able to have children at some point. And at some point you start reading articles and you start reading all this stuff. So you start to learn a little bit what's good and what's not good. And The organic stuff is not just like the the woo-woo. And that's like my favorite word lately, the woo-woo. But it's not Uh just like, I'm not being a hippie. I'm literally trying to go back to the way life was prior to all these chemicals and these doctors trying to shove us with all these medications and whatnot. So it's prepping myself now, knowing that I'm going to have kids later on down the road, which may hopefully pray to God it doesn't happen. But if it does, you know, my body's a little bit more prepared for the type of treatments that may possibly realistically all of us the more females I talk to that are in our age group a lot of them we need help and it's just I don't know what happened in the world that we need help if it's because we're waiting until we're older but it's a good conversation to have of saying maybe start now if you don't if you want to have kids or you don't want to have kids and I'm not saying you're going to need anything that Greta's talking about. I'm just saying you have to be mindful if you want to have a future, what you're putting into your body at this moment today, that's what I can control today. So the acupuncture, that's a, I never even, like, I knew you were going to acupuncture for it, but I didn't know that they stopped you from the other stuff and said, stop what you're doing, go to acupuncture. So what did it do? It reset your body or was it just the foods and everything she was teaching you?
1: It was so she was a she was someone who was pre-med in her she was she is married to a doctor and she was pre-med. So she just knew a lot about everything. She does know a lot about everything. Yeah. Um and she was just really persistent with me uh about she knew I wanted this goal. And I had been working with an executive coach at the time also. That was also very life changing. One session my executive coach said to me, also happy to share her info with anyone that was between the acupuncture and the executive coaching. I know it sounds like executive coaching to get a baby, but she she caught me in one of our sessions and she said, why do you want this so bad? Like get to the root of why it is so important Mm -hmm. for you to have a child. Why is it hell or high water? Why are you doing this in such a way that it is like, I couldn't even see other people. There was a moment where a woman was pushing a child in a stroller down on the Lower East Side and she needed to tie her shoe. And I said, I'll. I'm happy. Like I know you can lock the stroller, but like tie your shoe. And I saw myself in my head running down the street, like stealing that baby. Like I was at that level of what a lot. <laughs> desperation. <laughs> Didn't want to hear yeah. desperation. Yes. Yeah. Um. And there's a lot that that goes with that as well. And what I will say, not to disparage the main New York City you know, clinics, because many, many people have had success there, but there was no focus on mental health. There was no, no doctor until I went to the new doctor that, that this acupuncturist had recommended had ever said, you know, one of the side effects of these stimulating medications. So when you freeze your eggs, you are stimulating your ovaries, you're hyper stimulating your ovaries to get, remember, you're not going to get 2 million, but maybe instead of just getting a couple eggs, you want to try to force out 20 or 30. That's what egg freezing is. You stimulate the hormone, you with hormones, you hyper-stimulate your body to then harvest. So you're literally like little water balloons in your belly um, to go in and harvest as many healthy eggs as possible. And then hopefully you would turn them into embryos if that's what you want to do implant, or you could just freeze your eggs, thaw them out, and at later point turn them into embryos. But imagine the rage and emotion you have like during a menstrual cycle. And then it's like heightened by heavy doses of stimulation medication heightened by like maybe the worst cramps of your life, or maybe you feel nothing because you're mm-hmm. one of those women that just gets lucky like that. But it's like everything at once. And you're still working, like you said, and you're still smiling. Ha ha ha. How are you? Great. And, um, uh, pants, pants don't but fit. But like you said, um, your
0: pants don't fit. I remember you... <laughs> You came in, you were like, look at this shit. <laughs> but it's stuff that if we don't talk about it, and I feel yeah. like it was just you and I behind closed doors, we would shut the door with Sam and we would, the three of us would have the conversation because it's not a conversation that we were going to have outside of those doors. One, because it's personal, but two, because it's not really welcomed in, in a lot of industries
1: to be able to say, this is the struggle that I'm going with. Yeah. When we got connected really connected on a sense of like connected to a clinic in upstate New York where the pricing was much better than in the city. This upstate clinic really addressed mental health, physical health. Um, It's a spa connected to a clinic. So they treat you in a spa-like environment as opposed to a cold, sterile environment. That makes all the difference. But also from, from that cycle, I think the other past cycles, I was really like, I'm doing it myself. And as helpful as my partner was trying to be I wasn't letting him in when it got to that sort of like we're this is the last time we're trying he really picked up besides the fact that I was still sticking my body full of crazy medications and one of the side effects of these medications is suicidal thoughts so that's why taking it back to my day job get your stuff done early get your insurances in place before it's in your records that you've had suicidal (laughs) thoughts (laughs) <laughs> like, it's not going to say, but, like, it's, it's a side effect. So mm-hmm. that's something to do. But he really took such a level of participation where he picked the donor, he scheduled everything. I said, I'm just, I'll have, I'll have a half whale baby if I have to. Like, I will literally do anything, have any, you, you pick design that child, <laughs> however. <laughs> but having the precedent set, this is one of my main takeaways that I want to share. Find a career where you can call the shots. Shots. Not shots. Um, but maybe shots. <laughs> or eventually. shots. In the, know. In the stomach. You know, what shot <laughs> exactly. are we going with now? <laughs> See multiple practitioners. Schedule. Yes. You don't need to be loyal. You don't need to keep getting a bad haircut. Those doctors are making enough money. Go to multiple consultations. Consultations should not be that expensive. They're maybe 100 to $200 maybe as high as 500. I'm not totally sure if that hits a deductible, but please do not just go to one doctor and like one and done because their experience is just their experience. Get your endos done. Endocrinologist. What are your levels? What are your levels beyond just what they think your fertility levels are because of your age? Really look into what you said, Colleen, like what, what's going on with your lipids? What's going on with your cholesterol? How, Are you eating in a way that breeds fertility? Are you de-stressing in a way that breeds fertility? Are you in a career that allows for this journey? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Let's talk openly. Let's talk openly. Let's share openly. Let's not be scared of the terms. And if you're doing it with a partner, have him, her, they, them be a 50% partner in everything. Let's get away from this precedent that we as career women have to have it all, do it all, and then also have the laundry done. And cook dinner. Yeah,
0: no, that 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 needs to stop. And when if you're having something a child, that it, yeah, you're carrying the child. You're carrying the weight of this career that you're making a ton of income in. Whether you're making, I don't care, even twenty thousand dollars. That's a lot of money to the household to be able to make during the year. So the partnership is huge. If you you need the support system, especially especially when you're going through something like this. Um, I have a personal question for you because I think it's I helpful love for some people and feel free to kind of just brush it off. Oh, when not, was not the me. turning oh, the point for you to say, I'm okay not using one of my own eggs and using a donor great. egg? It's
1: a great question. Because that I think great is some,
0: It's a pivotal point for a lot of people who may be in a similar situation to say, let's try something else.
1: This was a few years ago, and I, it's, a horrible, it's a horrible story, but um, a woman in a fertility clinic gave birth to twins. She herself, I believe, was Asian, and when the twins were born, she had done IVF. The twins were not half Asian or Asian. The fertility clinic put a different couple's inventory in her body. And so I'm not saying fertility clinics are messing up and you're not getting your own stuff, but like (laughs) between that and knowing that I was not having, I was beating up my body to go through this. And now we've explained what egg freezing entails and, you know, per cycle of harvesting and freezing eggs, we're talking out of pocket 20, 30, 40, 50 grand a cycle. And when you get in that gamut, I needed because of my only one ovary. I needed double the amount of medication, double the pleasure, double the suicidal thoughts. Yeah. Um, so I needed, I needed. That's <laughs> funny. Yeah. So, <laughs> double, yeah. Sharps. Sharp. I mean, I would literally Poor go around and be like, sharp, sharps, sharps containers. Do you take sharps containers? <laughs> like, like bat, 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 needles, needle things of needle in the car. Like boxes of needles in the car all the time, right? So, but the turning point for me was hearing that crazy story and then like really getting, getting away from my own, like, who am I? Like my genetics are so great. Like why not? Number one, the money for that donor helped that young woman who uh, I just happen to know stats. I don't know her, you know, for, for, for certain, obviously HIPAA and beyond reasons. I know that she has two children and I know that she was, if even 30, like early, late twenties, I think maybe. Um, And so that money that we paid the clinic for those eggs went to help her and and hopefully changed her life a little bit. And she was willing to do it. And then that I mean the numbers support that it worked. But where it really shifted for me was hearing over finally something clicked after those three years of acupuncture, where she was saying, you know, I had another client have success this way. I just want you to do the consultation, do the consultation. And it, it, it I was really glad that I did it because it took us nine months to get on this certain doctor's calendar just for the consult. So going back to what you said earlier, just be, you know, be open to this journey. If you want to go on this journey, don't put yourself in a box. Cause again, Naomi Campbell, Janet Jackson had their first children at 50. Yeah. So let's take all these numbers that I just said and chuck them out the wall But again, we're bodies are sort of meant to be winding down on that front. Uh, So really, it was that moment of, of hearing that story and then sort of getting out of my own head. And when working with my executive coach and her saying, if this is what you want, and now you're my new doctor at the time was saying, this does seem to be the best way for you to have success. Why wouldn't you know, if that's the best way to treat the cancer, why wouldn't you do it?
0: Right. Right, and at that point, it was how many years in you had been doing, and you were doing really back to back. You would take seven years. Seven years. How many months in between each cycle were you doing?
1: It's it varied. Some uh, at one point, I took a full year off. Um, mm-hmm. I just couldn't handle it. So uh, at one point, I had a canceled cycle. I didn't even know that was a thing. No one told me that you could get midway in of oh yeah stimulation. It and then they're just like, we're canceling this. And you're like, well, are you keeping my 40, 40 grand? Like, is that Do I get, a re-
0: do I get um, half of that
1: back? <laughs> Wait, do they yeah. refund you so I know? think. Oh, I made that. Yes. I don't know if they do, but they refunded question me. question to ask. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and just really being, you know, knowing, know what's in your records. No, there was a lot of experimental medication I took to, when you're accepting a donor, embryo so it's my husband's sperm it's a donor's egg into our embryo but when your body's accepting a foreign object it's, it's basically the same as accepting someone's liver so you have to be on certain sort of anti-rejection medications not for a very long period of time but that's another layer of like i don't really know the long-term effects um but just knowing and like really questioning and, and feeling like you're working with your doctors as opposed to you're being directed to yeah yeah you know that you probably know that difference just anyone knows that difference just in life the difference of a doctor or a professional that really feels like they're you're they're hearing you and they're saying let's 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 really go through all the avenues as opposed to like you know we're just gonna cut this mole out and that's the only thing that, that we can do
0: yeah And I love how you were able to start bringing it like we were back and talking about that you were able to start bringing it into your industry with your clients and maybe not the people you work with, but the clientele, it really formed a different bond for you to be able to open up your story. And that's what we talk about on the show all the time. Be real, be open. Life is throwing everybody hurdles. There's no reason why you can't share if you're comfortable with certain clients the same way you were going in for dental surgery, it can it might form a bond if you're in a specific industry where you know you're you feel that comfort to be able to say, This is what I'm going through because like you said, you've met people, you probably are in support groups or had a ton of support after that, or your client directed you to the acupuncturist who then directed you to a beautiful baby girl. So it's really yeah. being more
1: open. Talk about that because I think that's huge. Yeah. I think, you know, um, a couple of things stuck in my mind is someone said to me along the way, uh, if you want to be a mother, it will happen. If you want to be a mother, it will happen. It'll happen in the way, you know, it's a little like, eh, woo woo, Mm -hmm. (laughs) woo woo in a good way. But like, what was weird is that people kept saying, like, why aren't you exploring adoption? Like really in my face about it. And I'm like, just not what I'm called to do now. Would we maybe adopt our second? Maybe I don't feel like going through childbirth again. Bring me back for that episode. We don't got time to get into that, honey. Um, (laughs) Oh, no, that was bad.
0: That was during COVID. They told her she was going to give birth
1: in a tent. She was like, I'm out. (laughs) I'm out. Quickly. And then I did 60. And then I did 64 hours of labor with no pain meds. So we'll talk about that. Eat dates. Eat dates to soften your cervix. We'll talk about. Um, This woman is a warrior. (laughs) Try and stop me mentality. (laughs) Turn my turn. Do you have insurance? Do you have the right amount of insurance to my doctor? Of course, of course, I had to ask her. Got throw it out there. That's my girl. Um, always be prospecting. Mm. Uh, no, but that's but why that we only cold is, calls because like, she's
0: pushing out a baby, yeah. asking her doctor if she needs insurance. That's the kind of level yeah. of sales that we do. <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm seeing a crop of, of disruptor companies and there's a couple of names uh, on the tip of my tongue that I just don't want to say because I, I actually want to get in partnership with them and I really hope it happens. But, you know, you can find these companies that are starting to disrupt the language and support them, follow them. Uh, they're even starting to come in into the world of corporate benefits and, and layer on top of health insurance because we know how limiting health insurance can be in this country yeah. um, for these benefits. And just that idea that, like, if some new couple is married, don't ask them when they're having kids. Thank you. Maybe they're trying. Maybe they're not trying. If someone's not married, if someone's single and they look a little bloated, don't be like, oh, you're pregnant? Like, really? Mm -hmm. What era are we living in? Like, come on. It's the family
0: family barbecues. They're like, so when are you going to have
1: kids? You're like, I don't. No,
0: <laughs> when it happens.
1: No. Yeah. I mean, I was in a in a barber shop with my godson, my, my very good friend. Shout out to Amanda. Very good friend. I was I, I call her son my godson. It's not formalized, but that's how I feel about him. We were getting his haircut in, in a in a barber shop and the the um barber turned to me and he's like, are you the auntie? I was like, yeah. And he's like, do you not have kids yet? I said, no. And he goes, what do you? what are you doing wrong? I was like, Oh, am I not supposed to poke him? And he was like the whole barber shop just stopped and then started laughing. Ah. And he was like, you know what? That was very fair that you said that because I shouldn't have asked the question. And here's this like barber who's like more evolved in the conversation (laughs) than men I work with. (laughs) So I was really like, shout out to you. Like we fist pumped after that. He's like, you really opened my eyes today. I was like, You're welcome. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm just here to open everybody's lives. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I'm here for. But like that idea that, yes, humor will help. Sharing will help. But I've also talked to, as you said, many a client, many a friend during COVID who said, we've heard you share your story. Could you just talk to us? Like we're going through the same thing and we don't want to share it with our family. We don't want questions. And I think that's that's very fair too. So if you can find a community space to share in a a way to interact with someone who's been through it, that quote we talked about earlier about, you know, why ask someone who's never been on the journey about it. Like, it's not their fault that they don't understand it, especially if they're someone who didn't participate in childbearing or childrearing. They just, you know, came home to the kids being fed and everything like that. Um, The other thing I kind of want to bring up, though this wasn't my journey, was I think if New Zealand has just released some time off for women who are going through miscarriage families that have had stillborn. I I mean, if we could bring that to, to, you know, whether it's the IVF journey, miscarriage, it's just so common. It's such a, such an intense loss that you just find women and their partners suffering in silence over that. Why? Like, why can't we talk about that as we talk about someone Getting better from a heart attack or someone feeling better after COVID. Like, why are we? Miscarriages so... and death. Why aren't they allowed
0: to grieve is
1: my question.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that wasn't, you know, my, my journey in conclusion, the benefits of egg freezing. I don't know. It wouldn't have helped me because donor is what worked for me. So it would have been a complete waste of my money. I did cycle many, many, many times without success mm-hmm. in harvesting my own. And I have no regrets in the journey. I just want other people to know that there are so many avenues to explore. And if your doctor or practitioner or partner is not open to like you exploring those, get the ouch. Like find a career you love where you can can go down this journey, share as much as possible, find someone that that is willing to talk about it. I will literally talk about this all day long. I I really think it's why I was, place here and I actually I might move be moved to to cry a minute here um that like would love to write a book for kids but like mommy how did I get here you know like she's a special child
0: she's an angel she has a special child and that girl beams light every time she sends Greta's video she's always laughing so it's the it's the kind of And there's always never a right thing to say, right? There's never, when you're not going through it, like I've never been through it, but I have a lot of people in my life that have gone through this and you kind of start to learn what to say and what not to say. (laughs) Sometimes it's just like you said, it's an education where we're like, "Hmm, that wasn't the correct thing until you actually in it and in dated into the feelings of everything. But when the time and how it comes, that's why I keep thinking about my future. When it's supposed to happen and when the time comes, however it's going to happen, it will happen. And that baby, when it's in front of you, in whatever way, whether natural or any in vitro or any egg sharing or any okay. adoption. Yeah. Who knows? Whoever's supposed to be in my life will be in my life at the time, the correct time. And Liv is literally the exact example of that because she's she's just dancing around all the time. She's so happy. I mean, she's got, she got a little, right she used to have a little helmet on. <laughs> Cutest little baby that ever. Helmet.
1: <laughs> when, you know, as the world is opening up and people are seeing her, she's got these huge blue eyes and these massive lashes and everyone, everyone says, Oh, look at her blue eyes. And I want to go into a whole, like, you know, that's a recessive trait. It obviously can't, like, I want to get into it right there. Like I have brown eyes. Those are blue eyes. So it's not like, you know, the 90 year old grandmother across the way is just saying, look at those blue eyes. I don't think I need to school her. I don't know. Maybe I do.
0: Just no it's fine. Just out. tell her, you know, it's family history, whatever. Yeah. But for, I mean, and this might be a heavy, heavy question because it's very loaded. I think it's different personalities. Is there anything people should not ask during the process or should be saying to you as comfort? It's kind of two-sided question.
1: Yeah, I mean, I didn't want to hear about other people's success while I was going through it. Oh, you like, didn't. I didn't want to yeah. I didn't. I was so jealous. Um, I was so jealous of people that had had success, but that was my, that was my own block. And I, and I really worked on that with my executive coach um, who is unbelievable. Happy to share her information too, if, if that's what you or your listeners want, but she really got me connected to like, that's my own trash around it um, and my own like sort of block around where that was coming from. So I didn't want to hear like, Oh, this person did it want, did cycle once and like had a baby. I'm like, That's not what I want to hear about. <laughs> so, so I think, it, I think like what, what would have been more helpful was, was just people like really asking, what are you up against? Not how are you, what are you yeah. doing? But like, what are you up against? Like what's thing that you do feel that you can talk about right now? Or just, Hey, if you want, there, there's been one, one or two gentlemen at my firm that are just unbelievable supportive. Um, James, you know him, just yeah, know. unbelievable yeah. guy. He would, he would just say, how are you? Like shut the door to my office and be like, check in with me. And I'd probably be crying and, you know, I don't think yeah. I've worn mascara in eight years for that reason, <laughs> but uh, he, or clear mascara. How gross is that? Like that does not, waterproof. it's, like, never it's, comes not, a good, yeah. it's not a good product. No. <laughs> um, but you know, just, just really checking in with someone if you do happen to know that they're on that journey. And then the, whether this was the acupuncturist or just my own research, like when I got connected to some of the things that made me feel good, there's this thing called the Snoodle. It's a pregnancy pillow, but you don't need to be pregnant to to enjoy this pillow. It's like, like it's like a oh. body pillow that goes around your whole body. Mm-hmm. I think you can buy it on Amazon for 60 bucks or something. I have sent this pillow to so many people starting the fertility journey and just said it's not about like your belly. It's just like a comfort thing because your body feels so weird and like yeah. raging. I even took it to the hospital with me when during those 64 hours of labor. <laughs> and the hospital staff was like, Who are you? And it's COVID too. <laughs> I could what? see you coming down the hall
0: with this huge
1: thing. <laughs> yeah with my snoodle. <laughs> and it's like it is such a comfort so like weighted blankets noodle uh there's a lot of things you can't do during the fertility journey you can't take baths. You, you can't have too much coffee you can't have or maybe you can have a little bit of alcohol but not you know like there's not so much lot, you yeah. can't do yeah that like what I would say is I don't know about if people were as triggered about the questions as I was because I didn't I just didn't have a lot of people around me who struggled as much as I did and Chrissy Teigen wasn't out there talking about the struggle as much when I was mm-hmm. starting it. So it just wasn't as it's starting to be in our vernacular. It wasn't there yet. Um, but just adding some comfort, you know, just bringing someone some peppermint tea or not to say you have to spend $60, but send them a snoodle. Hashtag I work for snoodle. <laughs> you should get it. That's my real <laughs> All snoo- like literally obsessed. All with me this I mean, you do have to have a king size. You it might ruin your relationship because <laughs> <laughs> it
0: takes over your partner's area.
1: But you know, they're not the ones yeah, getting stuck. Best. So <laughs> yeah, and then you can act. You know, if you if you have a child, you can like corral the child with it, and also dogs tend to love this snoodle as well. So oh, just adding that in. Those are good points. Act now too yeah. for the price of one. <laughs> um, so I don't I don't think there's a thing. I don't think there's a thing to say or not say, but definitely not being that what we talked about, like you're, you're in a relationship and like that press, having kids is not for everyone. And you don't know someone's backstory. Like you don't know that you have no idea because, because I, we don't talk about women's health. I would so much rather have a long winded conversation with someone about women's health and then get into that.
0: Mm -hmm. does that answer your question yep absolutely and i think there's this way of like combative we want to call everybody a piece of shit when they're telling us or coming to us but i think greta has been you've dealt with it with grace the way you go back at them with the little jabs of the funniness kind of a little humor to kind of put them back in check so if you have family members that maybe don't understand or you haven't shared with them or the reasons why if pregnancy i know a lot of there's people that are having a hard time getting pregnant so it's it's the pressure of the family and the question. Sometimes you might just need to have a conversation with them, sit them down and say, listen, it's not the time right now or we're trying or whatever you feel comfortable doing to just kind of lay down the the foundation of the bombs because it's going to trigger you every yeah. single time you go to a barbecue, every time. And then Absolutely. people will start to do the pity party thing and you don't want that either. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Some someone did say to my husband as he shared when we started this journey. Maybe it was our first, you know, failed attempt. I mean, these words even I want to change. But someone said to him, "Did you know? Did you know Greta had issues before she married her?" So first of all, you're assuming that I'm the one with the issues. I mean, it wasn't his sperm. It was maybe my lack of one ovary, right? But like, as if, as if, like while you're dating. You're like, uh, honey, could I, do you want to go to the your bank? Recent, uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's get tested. And by tested, I mean your mobility, like it, w- I got really mad about that. And Justin was like, calm down. This person wasn't saying it in that way. And I was like, ah, again, <laughs> let me out of yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I did, I did when I, when I saw that family member, I was like, Hey, I heard you said this and I, let's just have a conversation. Let's put ha- I'm really, I'm really not scary once you get to know me. <laughs> but I did address because for me, it would have lingered, mm-hmm. and it, it, it would have festered, and like I didn't want that. But it, but I also know many people feel compelled to go through this in silence, and I just want them to know you don't have to. Maybe it's not your family that you want to talk to about it. Maybe it, maybe if you haven't done therapy, it's the time to be in therapy around that. But something, you know, having that outlet to share. Um, at any point in the journey is extremely important. And then find a career that that supports this because no more of this 70% of the male, you and I are not going to be that. We are not that. And we're flipping it around for us and for our future generations that will take over our businesses, maybe.
0: Yeah, Liv will be taking over the insurance world for us when we're kicking back on margaritas on the beach one day. I love it. I can't wait. (laughs) She's going to be perfect at it. She's going to be- she is literally being trained right now for how to do things the correct way. Love that baby girl. But oh, I really appreciate okay. you taking Thank the time. You. I know it's a lot. It's very personable, but or personal, but it's something that's important and it's something that the older we get, the more of this conversation needs to be had that you're not alone, that there are support groups out there. There are people in your same situation that are working the full-time hustle job, dealing with the same nonsense that people are throwing at them, the stupid stuff that people say, but just learning that you do have the support. So if you need the support, Greta, where can people kind of connect with you so that you can introduce them to the support people or maybe the acupuncturist, if people want to really connect with you, where can they reach out?
1: Yeah, you should be able to find me on LinkedIn. I think I'm the only Greta's out there. Greta has two T's, G-R-E-T-T-A zutz z-u-t-z i'd be in the show notes we like to say (laughs) we like to say 50% z's of our last name um that's a quote from my brother 50% z's and then um uh just GretaZutz.com if you want to you know book a meeting with me as far as like actual talking about what we do in our profession um and we'll sort of have launched my instagram it's not fully there yet greta z life on instagram um, some information there building that out not as not as good as some other people's instagram but i know <laughs> we'll help you get to that confused. if compliance yeah. lets you <laughs> um and also if they reach out to you they can find me so you Perfect. and i talk yeah all the time and uh i i'm just really honored to be asked and have come shared and you make it easy and i was i was really really happy to be a guest
0: Well, I'm happy that our lives passed and our lives crossed because Greta helped me get through some really difficult, changing, challenging times. And as you can see with Greta going through her journey too, it's been an, an adventure to watch both of us grow and evolve and kind of become the women that we are today. It's kind of cool to see everything pan out the way it is. And I know we have a long, long future ahead of ups and downs. Me and Greta would just pick up the phone. We're like, what the beep? Um, But it's great. It's nice to have somebody in your corner like that. So if you guys do need or you want the connection to Greta, because clearly she knows her stuff here. She is in the financial industry, but she has the passion behind this specific topic. And as you can see, she's thinking about books. She's thinking about all these different things that she wants to do with it. So she does have a ton of connections in that world. So reach out to me me at Kyle Blum on Instagram and I will totally connect you with Greta so you guys can have a more in-depth personal conversation but I will see you guys next week for another solo time and that is all we got go enjoy the rest of the week thanks for Greta now- thanks Pauline.